Welcome back to KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. In today's episode, we're giving you our top tips on how to present offers. You ready? Yeah, let's go. Offer presentations in real estate. Offer presentations in real estate. There's, the last time we spoke we have about not, this. Well, I'm just going to let everybody know. We have not prepared, so we are giving you our wisdom. We're going to have a debate because I know, I know that there's going to be a point in this conversation where you will disagree with me. Shocker. Shocker. The last time we spoke about offer presentations, which was in a quick tip video, I believe eight years ago. Okay, so many of our videos. Well, we have talked about offer presentations in past podcasts, but that not was so not. Not so formally, yes. That was not the topic. Yes. So it's interesting going back to watch a lot of our old videos. I mean, not only do I cringe watching them because the, it was, I mean, I just feel like I look like an idiot. But a lot of the content is dated and out of date and needs to be refreshed because everything that existed then is not the same as now. So if people are watching and going through all our playlists for our wisdom, they might be misinformed unless they're watching current stuff. Before we talk about the offer presentations, though, that is a great example for any entrepreneur, certainly realtors, but any entrepreneur out there. Yeah that is afraid of making videos and making them public, putting them on YouTube, putting them wherever, making a TikTok. You feel like you look like an idiot. You don't know what you're doing. I challenge you all listening or watching, go back, go back to our videos, select our video tab in our YouTube channel. And scroll all the way back to like 2013, 2014, like 10, 9, 8, 9, 10 years ago. Yeah. We were, we were very consistent. We've been consistent for nine years, a weekly YouTube video, longer format, shorter format, whatever. They look ridiculous. Well, you do that with anybody. Like, you know, we used but to. But back then. Yeah. Nobody was doing it. Certainly realtors were not. No. Um, and but I, if I you, still if, get if, comments if, on them. I do too. But if you go back and look at anyone's original videos, like right. Gary V, we used to follow Gary V religiously. Yeah. Gary, His original videos, like from Wine Library, were horrible. Gary V looked like a chubby chipmunk back then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. Okay, let's get into. You, you progress and get better as you Offer go. presentations. So do we start off by saying. It's a I train. Thought, I thought it's that a train, was a soundtrack Adrian. or something started to play. Yeah. That's funny. No. Offer presentations. Do people know what an offer presentation even is? Okay. So what we're referring to is the process in which you present or convey your offer. <laughs> I can't use the word in there. That's a great definition. The way you present the offer, give the offer to the seller of a property as the buyer or the buyer's agent would be more appropriate. Uh, if you look back at our original video at the time, the most common practice was to do it in person. And then we were big advocates of that. And that has changed. That was also before. So I know where you're going to go with this conversation. Because I know you think convenience and all of that plays a factor now. Not just convenience, but yeah, I'll get we'll into get it. We'll get into it. It was not 
legal at that time in the province of Ontario to trade real estate with electronic signatures. Correct. So you didn't really you have no a choice. choice. Yeah. You could, in theory, back then, fax stuff over. Yeah. But in certainly in our trade area and the Halton and Peel and surrounding regions of the GTA, it was very commonplace. I remember a quick story tell. I remember one time there was a quote unquote offer presentation on a property that clients of mine really wanted. And I can't remember what the valuation was at that time, but let's just say it was listed for a million dollars. And we knew at that time properties were listed below market value to drive interest, drive showings, drive offers. They wanted to put an offer. They're like, Ariel, we love this place. If we lose it, we won't be heartbroken, but we'd really like to get it. I said, fine. Meet me at Tim Hortons at 5 o'clock, 5.15, whatever it was. We'll sit down. We'll have a tea or a coffee. I'll bring the paperwork, and we'll review the specifics of what we want to go in with. So we did that. 5.45, we had the paperwork ready to go. I registered the offer, called the brokerage, said, hey, this is Ariel from Century 21 Miller. I just want to register an offer on XYZ property. Okay. Offer presentation started at 6 in order of who registered the offers first. There was about 15 offers. So back then, the common um, scenario was to have your clients with you in front of the property. You remember this? Well, you needed them nearby you for need, sure. You <clears throat> needed them nearby in the event that there was some sort of negotiation happening and a change to the contract was made and you needed their initials or their signatures or whatever. Or you needed to even have a face-to-face -to, -face to walk them through it. So it was now 6.30. We're in front of the property and we're waiting. And you could see every agent going into the house. This is commonplace, by the way, folks. Like this was happening on a regular basis. And a lot of agents didn't know how to even handle it, right? Especially agents that were new to the business. They became very timid almost in well the it's process. an intimidating process it's walking into the living room or dining room sitting out of the table and you got all these people waiting for you yes it was intimidating very mm -hmm. much so and very hard to coordinate sometimes anyways it's 7 30 now my clients are starving and they're at like offer 10 i've already presented our offer i went in sat with the sellers and the sellers realtor presented our offer my my buyers say we're really hungry we're gonna go and get something to eat but we'll stay close by no problem go 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 this was in the middle of january i want to say lots of snow freezing cold out i'm sitting in my car listening to the hockey game with my tea it's now 9 30 
silence, crickets. So I messaged the realtor, nothing. 10 o'clock, she messages me back and says, we're still going through the offers, please bear with us. What time did it start, sorry? Six Six o'clock. Six o'clock, that's crazy, crazy. I was there, I kid you not, Adrian, I was there till... I want to say 11.45. It wasn't quite midnight, but almost midnight. Is sitting in your car in the middle of January. In the middle of January. My clients, I sent them home already at like 10.30. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But at this point, a few cars had driven away and I'm still there. So I'm thinking, okay, they must be considering our offer. And usually in this, there's got to be open lines of communication on all parties and it moves quickly and whatever. And doesn't she message me back at 11.30, 11.45, whatever, and say, I'm sorry, we decided to go with another offer. Are you fucking kidding me? You kept me sitting in the car for almost six hours and didn't even circle back to me to see if we wanted to improve the offer or give me a heads up that... Hang on, are you just venting now, or did you have that conversation with her? Oh, no, I had this conversation with her. Okay. I didn't swear, and I wasn't, like, completely irate, but I... You probably should have been. I told her, you know, that it was extremely disrespectful, and anyways, I don't miss those days, but that was a regular occurrence. That was life of a realtor... Realtors coming into the business over the last few years or now have it so good in terms of technology and how technology supports a small business like yourself, whether it's apps that help you do social media or videos or whatever. It's also made or, it it's made it more competitive too, right? Like the, sure. it, it's made it easier, but it's made it more competitive. That's true. So there's, That's a good there's point. pros and cons to everything. Yeah. Right. Now everybody with a very small budget can do what we do, really. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, just wanted to interject with a little background story. So let's let's talk about how that's changed. So nowadays, the vast majority of offers are being presented electronically. So it's coming through email. Uh, the seller will the seller and the seller's agent will usually communicate uh, usually not in person sometimes in person but typically it's all done over the phone uh, or text message or maybe they do a video call whatever it is and they you know discuss it virtually and then they respond electronically as well so they make their changes send it back covid forced that yes and the big things now i find so the big things you can do now to improve your odds of success when submitting things electronically, it really depends on the buyer's real estate agent. Uh, So for example, communication, accuracy of paperwork, professionalism, things like that. If I have little faith in somebody, that's something I take into consideration when reviewing the offer, especially in a market where things aren't moving as quickly. If it's an agent that I have very little faith in and that buyer has a house to sell, that weighs heavily in our decision. If you're talking now as a listing agent. As a listing agent, yes. Um, so things have changed. Like when we used to do presentations in person, it was 
I think it was in the buyer's favor from the perspective of like you could watch and see what was happening. You could see as people were driving away and it was safe to assume in many cases that's because they were, you know, out of the out of consideration at that point. In fact, there were some some nights I remember where they sent everybody away and then they came back to us to try to further negotiate, try us on and see see if we would come up more in I'll price. Tell, I'll tell you another story. Yeah, but we knew in those scenarios that, well, everybody's already left. Chances are they're just focused on working with us. So I'm going to call their bluff and say no. And then we still won. There was another a prominent realtor, local realtor, and that situation happened. We were in a multiple offer situation. I was representing the buyers. We were all around waiting for the decision, and there were four or five offers, and all of us were there presenting in person. This was probably in 2015, 2016, and all the other cars left. And I'm like, hmm. I guess we're going to get this house. I looked at my buyers. I said, this is a good sign. Just wait here. The agent, the listing agent, walks over to my car and says, it's really close. Do you think your clients can come up a bit? And immediately I said, no, they're tapped out. So if you guys don't like this, We've got other options, and thank you for your time. We're moving on. She calls me back like five, ten, not even ten minutes later. Okay, you got it. Yeah. Oh, shocker. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so when you're submitting a offer electronically, some people like to include little love letters. We've talked about that in the past. We'd love to live in your home forever. We have two kids that we'd love to see playing in the backyard. They want to go to the same school, blah, blah, blah. What I'm finding now, especially in this market, is a lot of sellers don't care. They're like, show me the money. Don't. But does it hurt you having it? It doesn't hurt. Well, I don't know. It depends. Some people are... Prejudice on who they sell their home to, yeah. whether it's race, religion, age, you know, how you look. So that happens. That exists. That is real. I had clients or have clients, um, <clears throat> close clients. What are their names? No. And friends. <laughs> and they're gay. And they were worried about submitting an offer with both names on the contract. That they would be discriminated against because they were gay? Yeah. Could be. Could be. Um, they ended up especially, getting, getting the house anyways. But. Especially if somebody has a relationship with the neighbors, a close relationship. So as an example, if I sell my... Or just a personal belief. When I sell my home, yeah, yeah, personal beliefs. If I sell my home, I will be a little bit more selective potentially for me from taking me into consideration yes it's how much i care <laughs> thank you i wouldn't care i just ask for the most money yeah usually that's what it boils down to but sometimes that letter if you draft a letter and you say to your realtor 
please submit this with the offer. Let the sellers know. Your realtor as the buyer, the buyer's realtor, they will probably submit that with the offer, but it doesn't necessarily mean it gets conveyed to the seller. Right? If I'm the listing agent and I see it, maybe I'm just saying to the seller, there's a there's a if letter. It, if it doesn't form a legal part of the contract, you don't have to present it. Right. So if you do want to do that. Put it in the schedule. <laughs> include it as Schedule C. Yeah. Nobody's schedule, ever done that. Schedule C, picture of my dog and a yeah. love letter. We should do that. That would be funny. So... Do you have any tips for buyers or buyers, realtors, or even list? Uh, I, I'll give the tips for the listing agents. You can give the tips for the buyers agents. Okay, and so the, the premise the premise of this is to freshen up our video that we had from eight years ago to bring it up to today's standards. Today's standards, because offers are not being presented in person, and we can debate our I, opinions on. And the debate is going to be, I think we. Not fully, not fully completely. Not fully completely, not fully completely. If you knew anything about the tragically hip, you dick, you would know that that was my reference. Um, what the hell Is was that I going to say a now? Song or an album? Oh, God help me. Are you Canadian? <laughs> I don't like the hip. Sorry. This I podcast know, is over. I know that offends Cut. you. Cut. It doesn't offend you. No, it upsets you. Yeah, it upsets the millions and millions of hip fans around the world. Oh, I feel so sorry for them. Okay, so presentation tips. No, the debate, the debate, the debate is going to be, I believe we are going to see a bit of a shift where offers do get presented in person. I know you don't agree with that. Well, you worded it differently before. Okay, you worded it differently. You said you implied that it's going to revert back. That's how I interpreted what you said. Well, not revert, not revert completely. That would be idiotic. Right. So people still like to sell their home while they're in Florida enjoying vacation, hand us the keys and say, go nuts, brother. Well, and there's more to it than that too, which we can get into. But let's let's talk quickly. So, so much for a quick podcast, Robbie. Tips, tips for buyers and buyer's agents. Uh, when presenting an offer, communication is key. So things I'm looking for as a seller's agent is I appreciate when a buyer's agent calls me in advance and lets me know there's an offer coming. I Let's it, role play that. I'm going to role play that now for everybody, especially all the realtors that listen, okay. because this is an important part of this process. One of the most important things you can do, if you, you Adrian, are the listing agent, me, Ariel, I am the buyer's agent. I'm going to call Adrian. Ring, ring, ring. Adrian, it's Ariel Cremendi from Century 21 Miller. How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. Oh, what, did you not think I was actually role-playing? Uh, no, I knew yeah, you, you were. Sorry, who are you? I'm uh, me. You're the buyer's agent? Yes. Okay. You're the listing agent. Hi, Ariel. Hey. How can I help you? I just wanted to let you know. I, First we, of all, thanks for introducing yourself. Yeah. You've already, you're oh, already a step above. How many realtors? <laughs> God help all you realtors that call me and just say hello. Or, or text, pick up the phone text and, say, and just say hello. Yeah. Introduce yourself at every opportunity. Tell us who you are. Tell us your brokerage. Anyways, you said, 
How am I today? I'm great, thank you. I just wanted to give you a heads up. I showed your property at 123 Main Street this afternoon. Were you aware of that? Uh, yeah, I saw the showing. Awesome. Well, my clients are very interested, and I'm going to be having a discussion with them in the next half an hour or so. It is very likely that we are going to be moving forward with an offer today. Great. Is there anything that I need to know before drafting this offer? Um, no, everything's pretty straightforward and in the listing. Just make sure you've got the rental items and our preferred closing dates in 30 days or 15 did, days. Did 15 you know, days. Did we, you know I was going to ask that? We want to close in two weeks. Perfect. I will be sending you an email shortly just to start the uh, form of communication between the two of us. If I need something, is it okay if I give you a call or would you prefer me to text you? Text is best. I'll be a little bit busy in the next hour or two. All right. Sounds good. Oh, by the way, are there any other offers that you're considering at the moment? Or did you have any offers recently that you were considering? No, we've had no offers at all. It's our first offer in six months. <laughs> you're not role-playing properly. That doesn't happen. Surprisingly, it, you know, these things do happen. So the point of that is I like to put the listing agent professionally on the spot a little bit. So most listing agents won't come out and tell you what the preferred closing date is, although that's changing nowadays. That's changing. Sometimes you do get it. But a lot of times it, well, I don't know. I don't know. Like if somebody comes to one of our sellers where the home is on the market 60 or 90 days now, which is a lot of listings, would you take a good offer if it was closing in 60 days versus your preferred 30? Uh, the likeliness is increasing on that. Sure. And I think... Um, the, the, but let me just the, finish. The, so usually I would also ask about inclusions, like inclusions, exclusions. A lot of listings aren't very detailed or detailed enough to give you enough information. Because to your point, you want to make sure the offer is very detailed, very clean, no mistakes, nothing that you as the listing agent has to correct and send back to me. I want to be sending you an offer that you can just give to your sellers, sign off on, and we're done. Bob's your uncle. Right. Thanks for role playing. Anyways, go on. So the key there is I, as a seller's agent, I have a high, much higher degree of confidence that a professional agent on the other end of the transaction, uh, working together with them will increase our, our odds of successfully closing. Uh, where when you get somebody who's not that way and you get somebody who doesn't communicate well, whose paperwork is incomplete or inaccurate, you immediately have reservations about the outcome of the transaction. So uh, that goes a really long way. Uh, so communication and accuracy of documents and just working together, having two professionals work together, your odds of a successful sales far higher. This is an awkward silence. I thought you were going to go on. That's uh, honestly, that's the large, the biggest okay, so piece of I, information I can provide to give somebody an advantage in putting a deal together. I mean, there's other things, of course, like you brought up in the conversation speaking, you know, the role play playing there with trying to accommodate things if you can. So if they do have a preferred closing date and you're flexible, they'll accommodate the closing date and maybe they're more flexible on the price. Uh, there's, you know, those things, it's more of a, kind of figure it out as you go and you're and communicating with the other agent. 
So in this market right now, December 2023, as the listing agent, I would also want to find, and I think you just briefly touched on it, does the buyer have a property to sell? Fact of the matter is, there are a lot of homes on the market currently that aren't selling or that are taking an extremely long time to sell or a longer than anticipated time to sell. There are a lot of properties that are also selling for less than expected. So if it sells for less than expected, do they have the financial means to continue and close on this new property? If it takes longer than anticipated to sell, does that screw up the timelines of the closing date? Which then in turn, there's a trickle-down effect, right? It affects the sellers because whatever they're buying now has a closing date. So all of these variables play a factor in... Is that your stomach? Yeah, I didn't have any breakfast. Do you usually have breakfast? I'd say 50-50. So today's just one of those days you were actually hungry but didn't have breakfast. Correct. Got it. Okay, so if I'm, let's move on to. Just, well, just to touch on that quickly from a buyer's perspective, from yes. a buyer's agent's perspective, if you have information about the buyers that can give you um, any sort of advantage in the negotiations, such as being able to convey that the buyers don't have a house to sell, whether it's their, their first time home buyers or uh, they have already sold their home, whatever the circumstance is. Uh, convey that information because that can really put sellers at ease, especially in a market where things aren't moving quickly. Do your best, I'm going to use one of your words, to corroborate the story. So creep the potential buyers. Are you talking from the seller's perspective? From now? a seller's perspective. So we're flipping over. Well, you could do it the other way too. If you're a buyer and a buyer's agent. Creep the seller. Creep the seller and the seller's agent. Maybe the sellers on Facebook posted something three weeks ago. Oh, we bought a new house. Yes. Oh, did you? you... Can't wait to close on Christmas Eve. Oh, really? <laughs> so I guess a closing date of December or maybe early, uh, early January, would be very appealing to you, Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller. Or maybe, this has never happened, but it wouldn't surprise me if occasionally, sometime you find it as a seller is giving the play-by-play -play on Instagram. Oh, we just got an offer. Can't wait to see it. I think that actually happened back in the earlier days of People weren't as Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. People got excited. That people, was that people's was accounts so are more locked down nowadays too because they're being educated. back then. Social was actually social. Yes. Now it's more just the news, I guess. Right. I don't know. Anyway, we were all over the map. We uh, gave some good tips. Is there anything else that you want to? No, I would just say to touch on your comment about. Uh, which method will prevail? Oh, yeah. You want to have a debate? 
You want to you want to debate because I know you don't agree with me. Well, no, I, I don't I think bl- I, I don't think uh, your message was understood correctly because I don't doubt that in person presentations will occur. In fact, if there's a scenario where, let's say, it's a slow market and it's been a few a couple months and you finally get an offer, and the agent on the other end seems very incompetent, getting everybody together could increase your odds of a successful transaction if you are a good agent, right? So sometimes taking things by the rein in that scenario would work. But I would say ultimately the vast majority, like 90% or more of offers will continue to be done electronically. Listing agents, unless they are working with a difficult seller or stubborn seller, they they will more often than not try and push the presentation method to an electronic format because it keeps them in control. Correct. That's the big thing. Me as the buyer's representative, I may want to get in front of the sellers. I don't care so much about the seller's agent at that point, but it's more so the sellers sit face to face because I know my presentation is going to be better And the offer is going to be better conveyed. Here's the thing. And here's why I think we will see more of it in the next three, six, nine, 12 months. If I submit my buyer's offer to you as the listing agent and I call you, so not a complete role play, but I'll call you and I'll say, hey, Adrian, I just submitted the offer. Just so you know, my clients are extremely flexible on the closing date. Let's say that's part of that conversation, okay? I told you it's extreme, they are extremely flexible. Now, you as the seller's realtor have a Zoom call or a phone call, or maybe you're going to see them at the house to review this offer together. But you do not mention that. Our end is extremely flexible on closing. That happens. And that's maybe a little bit of an over-exaggeration, but it could be something not as simple. Necessarily. Something not necessarily. Not necessarily. But it could be something like the dining room chandelier that's included. Right? And I say, hey, Adrian, by the way, if your sellers want to keep that elaborate, uh, lavish dining room chandelier, we can probably negotiate on that because they're not crazy about it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Whatever discussion you and I have as the agents may not be the same discussion that's getting relayed to the the, the clients. Of course, I agree. That's why I put most of my stuff in writing because I'm in a lot of cases, agents are just forwarding emails. Yeah, but even if it's writing and they don't forward the email, I don't forward the emails. I know, but a lot of people do. We've seen it. We've experienced it recently right. with our own transaction. Actually, maybe this is a good point for us internally that anything like that m- go into a attachment to the offer. Like even because in DocuSign, you can attach things. doesn't have to be a part of the offer, but it becomes part of the DocuSign envelope so you can't 
easily remove that page. Well, to the point where I even have a client right now who really wanted to adjust the closing date on their purchase and sale to offset some carrying costs from um, bridging. And I had a couple of phone calls with one agent on one end of the transaction, and I wasn't making a lot of progress. So I started doing it through written means. So I was sending text messages and emails, and I was very strategically writing it so that uh, if it did end up in the in this case, the seller of their the new property they bought, if it ended up in their inbox, that my message would be conveyed thoughtfully. And that's exactly what she was doing. So she confirmed later, oh, yeah, don't worry, I've been forwarding your messages right along. So I think that's a very effective method of trying to get sure. information across. If you're selling a property, you want to hire a realtor that is doing these things for you. If you're buying a property, same thing, you want to hire a realtor that understands the process and can show you the ins and outs of all of the ways that might improve your odds of purchasing that property. And it's a great segue to their next episode, how to choose a realtor. So there you go. There you go. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Or watching. Thanks for listening or watching. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any suggestions or questions for up upcoming topics, leave a comment and subscribe.